Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 147, Give Good Answers. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from our worldwide shed quarters right here, Jesse. Mm. And sunny, almost feeling a little like autumn. A little uh, crisp, Blacksburg, Virginia. morning. Nothing like getting up early when it's 62 degrees and then water in your ice barrel is 62 degrees and you're at this weird equilibrium and you're just like, it must get colder. And then jumping <laughs> in the 40-some degree water. Do, we, do you yell... Um, do you yell like somebody's got to carry the boats when you get into the ice bath? <laughs> Who's going to carry the boats? Who's going to carry the logs? <laughs> Jesse, I've been doing uh, social you media influence. Stand on your back porch and yell into the into the void. <laughs> they don't know me, son. They don't know me, son. <laughs> uh, I've been one of my one of my good friends and ministry partners is wanting me to be a social media influencer, and I've been recording. I would subscribe. Yeah, I've been recording. You know that parody videos, which uh, which he actually likes. He goes, yeah, just drop some of the language and uh dude i watched i watched one of those that you sent me and then i went for a run and the yeah. whole time i was yeah, thinking you about were it. carrying the boats well i was carrying the boats well jesse today we are <laughs> carrying the boats and the uh battering rammed up to the kingdom of darkness oh i like that see this a- this is what i'm Assel, talking about Asseldar, subscribe Asseldar is about to invade the mm, dominions of, of darkness of dark um one. we've been in this series guys we're finishing up the next couple episodes thanks for sticking with us this summer uh actually our numbers came back a little bit jesse so okay. maybe people do like evangelism okay. you guys do like listening to non-christian people and talking to them about jesus uh today you know it, it's easy today jesse for me to get a little bit in in-house baseball thing because there's a certain camp within christian world stuff that i learned about as a uh, brand new believer yeah in fact, I had so many questions when I converted. The guy who was mentoring me, he was like, you know what, Reed? You would really love this thing called apologetics. Mm. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. I ain't, I ain't saying sorry. I'm not to apologizing no, I ain't for anything. Sorry to nobody. I'm a Christian on purpose. He goes, no, 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 no. It's from this, this, and this. So, you know, we are going to touch the subject uh, of apologetics today. So if you're like an apologetics Jedi nerd, uh, you're probably happy if you're listening to this and you've maybe got an impression of those apologetics Jedi nerds arguing, <laughs> arguing with everybody in the church about everything, really slapping people with big books. Maybe you're a little nervous about this episode, but you shouldn't be because yeah. this is very important, Jesse. When you look at Asseldar, we're going there, right? Among Live your life amongst people. You have to overlap your life in non-Christian. While you're there, be transparent, be authentic, share your life. Share the gospel, right? We talked about ways to understand and know the gospel and share with others. Gospel diamond, creation, fall, and promise, redemption, and mission, and kingdom, right? And to do that well, we encourage you guys to listen to people, to see the avenues that the Spirit of God is leading us into the lives of others. Sometimes we have to ask difficult questions of our friends or sometimes our high school history teacher, like I'm telling my son, uh, you know, if they're pitching something like cultural relativism, which is nonsense when you think about it philosophically and logically, uh, so that you might disrupt, right? Mm. Disrupt. So among share, share, listen, disrupt. We want to help people uh, into a new openness to the gospel. And at that point, Jesse, there are times, right, if you are actually engaging with folks, they will ask you, specifically if you've done some disruption, well, what do you believe, mm. right? Or why should I believe that? Or, hey, they may make claims to you, well, you know, the Bible is dumb, dumb stuff, and it's been changed a million times. We want to be in a position that we're prepared for that, 
so that we might give good mm. answers, Jesse. Do people ever mm. ask you questions, man, in your life? Uh, man, I about- just had someone ask me a question this week of, okay, so let's say that I believe in Jesus and I get baptized and do all that kind of stuff. Um, does that mean that even if I go on and do bad things that I'll get to go to heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good question. Yeah, right? that's that, right. And, that's right. And it's a, it's, it's an open question. Right. And I'd right. already done, I'd already done the asshole. Yeah, so it, was, <laughs> it was time for the A. Yeah, and here's where a lot of my friends, especially maybe of a reformed theological vision, they would say, well, you just uh, do clear biblical teaching there. Yeah. Tell him a good doctrine of salvation. But at that point, sometimes people say, "Well, what about this and that? Well, what about what about guys don't hear that, or who's included yeah. in this?" And yeah. then all of a sudden, you are answering uh, objections, perhaps. Yeah. And there is a place for apologetics. When we talk about answers today, guys, we want to provide answers that are needed for the moment, yeah. right? Not just the ones we know, uh, and helpful to the person. So needed by a person that we love and care for, we're talking with. Uh, and helpful to them in the moment when they're asking the question. I love this quote by uh, Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, Presbyterian minister, very reformed guys. Um, He said this, apologetics is an answer to the why question after you've already answered the what question. Mm. The what question, of course, is what is the gospel? That's what you're sharing with your friend. Uh, But when you call people to believe in the gospel and they ask, well, why should I believe in that? It, th- then you need apologetics, says Dr. Keller. And, and Jesse, I think there's a... You're involved in theological education. You have you know, an undergraduate degree, a master's degree, perhaps continuing on a, a, a foot degree, a PhD degree, because you are you need to be Dr. Fury someday. That's the only reason I'm doing Dr. it. Dr. Fury, PhD. That's, that's right. That's who you need to be. But I think there's a little bit of a problem. I actually have a master's in applied apologetics. That was what I got my specialized MDiv in. It took me a long time, but I did it. And believe it or not, this is pr- primarily how apologetics is taught in like a higher education, yeah. seminary settings. Usually you have some sort of discussion about the question of faith. What do we know by faith and what do we know by reason or sometimes natural reason and and, and depending on the theological vision of the school, yeah. they have some axe to grind already with the answer to that question, faith and reason. So if you're kind of, you know, reformed school or if you're, you're or if you're not, you're going to say, well, faith is the thing that's valuable. Reason is, you know, corrupted or the noetic effects of sin on the yeah. mind. You can't think right. Or if you're following maybe some, you know, a traditions from, say, Roman Catholics like Thomas Aquinas, and then you're going to have a higher view maybe of the ability of thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But that's usually where you start. You answer this question, faith and reason. What do we do with that? What do we think about and can we know that way? And what do we know by way of revelation, right? So we're not answering that question today, but it's usually where it starts. From there, you develop uh, an apologetic methodology. Like what are you allowed to do and maybe creating arguments for or you know defending Christian Christianity based on your answer to the question of faith and reason. So then you create certain arguments or a certain style of persuasion with others so that you can be equipped to be on mission and witness to others, supposedly. Um, or, you know, there is probably a place for an intellectual uh, enterprise of apologetics for the sake of itself. But, you know, in the Bible, it's not presented to us that way. Mm. 
And so as much as I love the wrangling, even that I did throughout the years and even written extensively on, um, I love the discussion of faith and reason, apologetic methodologies, uh, creating arguments and, and mission and witness. In the scriptures, we actually find kind of the main teaching on apologetics in the context first of the mission of the church and the witness of God's people on the ground, which will lead to people's actual questions, which will lead to uh, giving good answers, right? Uh, and then, and, or good reasons, I call that GNR because, mm. you know, I, I, I grew up with Guns and Roses. And then that will continue in continued relationship with a person and learning together mm. um, as disciples. And so we'll throw a graphic up, guys, on the show notes as well as probably in the video, if you want to watch the video on this, of these two ways of thinking uh, there's all this article that I wrote is also on the for the church blog. We'll put a link in the show notes to that, which I simply called where does Paul apologetics belong? And, and look, this comes right from the apologetics verse in the Bible. Jess, you want to read that for us? First Peter three, 13 through 17. Yes. Yeah. Now who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ. The Lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Okay, so First Peter as a book is written to the elect exiles, right? It's mm-hmm. to God's people scattered, dispersed on mission. And it's in the context of mission and suffering, right? And like people getting them and stuff, right? And so in that context, he says, start first with Jesus Christ in your heart as Lord, right? Mm -hmm. That that we know the gospel, we know the Lord in the gospel, we start as Christians, right? And then there's an assumption that they're going to ask you a question. And in that context, we make a defense or we give a, a reasoned defense for the hope that we have, and then we do so. We've been talking about this on this podcast forever in a certain posture, yep. gentleness and respect. Uh, and, and, and in that way, it's a lot different typically than apologetics is taught. And so this idea of being prepared uh, as you go to Asseldar, as you live among, share your life, share the gospel, listen, disrupt, uh, you have to be prepared to, to answer people's real mm. questions that they have for us. And I've simply, I like to say, we need to know the gospel. We need to share the gospel. And then that's when it's necessary sometimes to defend the gospel. And that can take in different places. And this is a little bit for the apologetic Jedi nerds out there, but there is different ways of, uh, of, of engaging with other people. And, and if you want to use an American football, I watch way more European football than American football these days. Jesse, but this is but, the season. The, yeah. The, the NFL yeah. is starting. Yeah. Have you seen the little uh, Instagram video where there's a little like, four-year-old kid that knows the NFL intro music just he knows which network it is just by the music <laughs> I've not he, seen he's that he's sitting there and he hears me he he's goes like Fox, Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it is that season football yep. but so this is a metaphor from the American football game everyone who's trying to score touchdowns has a good offense and there is a way to use apologetics as offense, that we go and make a case to someone, right? We make a case for Christianity, why we believe mm. that Jesus is Lord and the gospel is true. And there is a place for what you might call polemics, right? You're tearing down strongholds or going on the offense. Yep. And, and this is where there's probably a debate today. And in fact, a friend of mine, Rick, what's up, Rick, uh, asked me if there was a place for polemics, like 
like tearing down stuff. Yeah. Like nonsense that's being taught, going aggressively and attacking it. Um, and I say, yeah, there's a place for polemics and attack or even making something look foolish that is foolish. Yeah. Um, like I told Tommy, I would pay him money if he said that cultural law to tell his teacher he doesn't believe it because it's BS. I would pay him money and go defend him at the principal's <laughs> office. Um, uh, there is a place for calling out silly things in silly, but it doesn't relieve us from Christian character, gentleness and respect. Uh, it can be devastatingly indirect. Our Lord was that way, right? Yeah. When he did some parables, you know, he's talking about folk, and you're like, oh, you know, who? You know. So there is a case for going on the offense. It doesn't mean that we get to just, hey, I'm going to be offensive in my own character for my sake, uh, but we do make a case, and sometimes there's a place for polemics. Secondly, there's apologetics as defense, right? You, you know, defense wins football game, playoff games, Super Bowls. When, you know, you, mm. Baltimore Ravens couldn't probably score a touchdown years ago, but when you couldn't touch them, they'd rip you up and their defense would score on you, right? Um, there is a place for defending the central claims of Christianity, right? That we need to have tool belts. So if someone says the Bible is dumb, dumb stuff, or the Bible is white man's religions, or the Bible is anti-science, right? We need to be able to defend against these kinds of things that might be set up against the gospel. It's so interesting because I don't, I, I don't watch Joe Rogan or listen, but I've seen that the algorithms have sent me two clips recently. One was him tearing down the New Testament. So there's, and I don't, I yeah, couldn't yeah, find yeah. you this clip, but there's, yeah, yeah. there's this clip, 30 seconds or whatever, of him talking about how he respects the Old Testament, but not the New Testament. Because, <laughs> That's, uh, and, yeah, and not it was, surprising, and yeah. it was like your traditional mm-hmm. sort of state university uh, religion professor arguments of Constantine in the fourth century, who wasn't even a Christian. Right. Um, and right. one bishop just made the whole thing up. Yes. They wrote all yes. the New Testament. And I'm watching it going like, oh, my gosh, someone, someone, some, needs, someone to needs to just this. answer this and yes. make a defense and explain that's wrong. And in some cases, there are like Christians sitting in front of these folks that are not prepared. That's right. Now, and, but but the but the other clip I've gotten is the um, is and I don't know who it is, but the guy that's making a, a design argument. He's making a Thomas uh, Aquinas intelligent yeah, yeah, design, yeah. basically the fine tuning of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Anthropic principle. Yep. Kind of and you yeah. and you watch Joe Rogan go, whoa, yeah. Like, yeah, he's I, yeah. It's helping him think some things are plausible. Right? So you've got the the making the, the sort of the making a case. Yes. Well, that's right. And then I was, I'm watching it going. Somebody, I wish there was someone there. Somebody to make a defense. these defense of this yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Like, hey, did you know that you that we've dug and frag, dug fragments of the New Testament out of the ground and and like right at the edge of the first century. Yep. And so the transmission yep. of those texts puts them very early. It has they were very well established in the churches and in extant manuscripts before way before Constantine. Yep. But people love that stuff, don't they? Um, and then finally, uh, oh, by the way, Joe Rogan had the Richmond North of Richmond guy on his podcast. Uh, well, that was and only a matter of time. Reading Proverbs to him, okay. I think Proverbs four twenty, which they had a little marijuana joke together. Oh, four twenty, you'll like this, Joe. But then he read the Bible, and Joe's like, "Oh, that's deep. That's profound." Hmm. There you go. So then, offense sometimes make a case polemics, defense defending central claims of Christianity, and then finally special teams. Mm. Uh, right? Uh, Virginia Tech used to have a good football program. Jesse, I don't know. I don't know if you remember. One day they will. One day they may again. Um, Special teams were a big part of that. You know, it's not offense or even it's kind of in between. And so there is this kind of indirect way we 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 call it disruption. Some call it presuppositionalism or helping people doubt their assumptions or using what people call transcendental arguments Mm. or reductio ad absurdum arguments, where you help someone see that the in-chain of their beliefs is into absurdity 
and that they ought not to believe stupid things like cultural relativism and morals. Um, and, uh, and so we help people take things down and take them apart. And so there's, mm. I have an essay on this, Jesse, uh, the practice of apologetics, a football metaphor I'll put in the show notes for you guys. But what we encourage you guys out there is that if a Christian does care about sharing the faith with others, right? Um, when they start to ask questions, one of two things happen. One, people get intimidating because like, I don't know. I don't know answers to these things. These strange things this person saying to me makes me uncomfortable. And so I'm just going to not do this anymore and just keep to myself. Or if you perhaps find answers, good answers, good reasons, GNR, um, mm. your confidence can grow. Yeah. And you think, oh, I've heard that before. I've heard something similar to this. I've heard a really good answer to that question. Hey, can I share this with you? Hey, here's a, a, a short animated video that answers that precise question. Would you be interested in that? Oh, yeah, I'd love to see that with you, my friend. And then you, you're watching YouTube with your buddies. And so there is a need for tool belts, some basic tools that we get equipped with so that we can say, yeah, I'm prepared uh, for these sorts of interactions. Now, Jesse, we can't. I mean, my goodness, we're going to be on here 40 minutes or so today. We're not trying to comprehensively cover these issues. Yeah. Yeah, we just couldn't do that. We we could, we may in the future do some episodes on these things. You mm. know, uh, this past spring at Wake Forest University, I did a thing on the you know defending the reliability of the Bible. We could do podcasts yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, the, the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Yeah. 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 Before the pandemic, I was doing a youth apologetics event in Kentucky, uh, multiple summers in a row. We have a lot of content. We could mm-hmm. jump in on these specifics. We're, and we're, that's not our goal today. Well, our goal today is say, Hey, these are the kinds of things guys that as a, a, a Christian who wants to live on mission, who wants to witness, who wants to involve, uh, leading other people to see Jesus, right. To present the gospel, um, we need to have these things in our tool belts. And so the first thing is that we need what you might call uh, defense of basic Christian teaching. Um, sometimes these are called Christian evidences. If you don't mm-hmm. like evidentialism, apologetics ninja out there, it's okay. Just say we need to be able to talk about basic Christian doctrines in a way that we can be persuasive and def- defend them against detraction. So y- I've been asked this by multiple people, both intellectuals as well as just man on the street kind of thing. I was asked by a prof- philosophy professor at Virginia, well, well, give me your reasons why you believe in God. And it was just after a class, and boy, I was ready. He wasn't ready for what was coming. I was like, blah, 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 blah. he's like, oh, okay, okay. So I see we've done some reading. I was like, yeah, you, you, were, you were ready for that smoke. But yeah, why do you believe in God? And when I do training, I was like, well, we are here, right? There's cosmological thinking. The things seem to be designed and purposeful. There's teleological thinking. There seems to be a moral nature to reality. Yes, there are differences between cultures. That doesn't mean there is no objective moral mm-hmm. truth or moral progress or a moral goodness, right? Um, and, you know, Jesus Christ crucified and raised in history. I, I think that's evidence for the existence of God. So there's just simple ways, right? We need to be able to answer, why do I believe in God? He changed my life, right? That's, uh, Which, yeah, and, and it's interesting because, you know, you're, the, those all then bring forward more questions. That's right. Which then you're ready to answer, well, wait a minute. You say Jesus Christ crucified and raised yeah, as yeah. a historical fact. I don't yeah. believe that. Yes. Why do you believe that? Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you will find that people are very uninitiated with this, especially ex-Christians. They yeah. grew up in like super shallow churches, and then they get you know, pissed off at like Deacon Joe or something, and, they, and then they deconstruct or whatever. And then they all of a sudden think that, you know, they, they go on some atheist website 
and they think they've got all this mm-hmm. ammo, and they're very uninitiated with the Bible itself. It's it's shocking how now that's a if you're a church leader, your your people should be very associated with the actual teaching of Scripture and the theology of the mm. church. But that's a digression. So why do you believe in God? Why do you believe like the next question? Jesus rose from the dead. Well, there's certain historical realities like the empty tomb found by his group of woman followers, the experiences of the early church with the risen Christ, the belief. I'm not saying the factual belief, but just the belief of early Christians Mm -hmm. that they based their preaching and the foundation of Christianity in the church on the resurrection of the dead, physically, bodily, in real space time, Um, in the in the arising existence of the church itself. Right, N.T. Wright in his book on the resurrection does a great job on this, saying how do we sociologically explain this? Something happened that was very significant, and obviously he, he he makes an argument that Jesus rose from the dead, as would we. So we need to be able to talk about that. Why do you think Jesus is the Savior we all need? You know, that truth is non is is not contradictory. That uh, neither is religious truth. Mm. People want to put religious truth claims in different categories. Like, yeah. uh, we don't like if Jesus claims to be God, that's true or it's not true, right? It's not like oh, kind of for you. Um, what he said about himself demands response. Um, that that all things that are contradictory aren't true. Like so, Islamic. Views of God and Christian views of God cannot both be true at the same. They could both be false, right? Every religion in the world yeah. could be false, but they all can't be true because they say different things yeah. about the same things, right? And so there's a kind of a what Western liberal professor types would like. Like even at Virginia Tech, I used to speak years ago. I used to represent a certain strain of Christianity at a in a religion class mm-hmm. panel where they'd ask Q and A, and there was all kind of differences amongst the Christians. Up front, but the people love to say this, professors and stuff like, well, all religions teach basically the same thing. They just use different names for God, but they all teach about be nice, be good. It's like, yeah, but they also teach about uh, who God is, what the problem of humanity is, what the solution is, and what the eternal destiny of humanity. They all teach differently on yep. those things. And yep. to me, those don't sound like the small peripheral things. I would say the be nice thing is more peripheral than like, hey, what. How, how does the solution to my dilemma, my existential crisis, my guilt, all these things that we face, yeah. uh, what is the salvation liberation, right, is a big deal. So why do we think Jesus is the Savior we all need? And in that, you're going to end up talking about people aren't basically perfect good angels, that they do have a sin problem and they do need a Savior. Mm. Uh, why do you trust the Bible, Right. People who ask you, that, yeah. why do you trust the Bible? You know, it's been changed. When people say, again, here's the indirect method. Hey, you know, the Bible has been changed all over the years. I'm like, really? Has it? How, how, which ones have you read? Like, have you read, you know, the, what are you talking about? The Texas Receptus Greek New Testament that Erasmus used? Are you talking about that one? Or are you talking about the early uh, Sinaiticus text? You just doing stuff like that with people. They're like, I don't know what that is. I just, <laughs> I heard it on Joe Rogan, right? Yep. Um, so, so we got to be ready. Why yeah. do we trust the Bible? That, that the Bible has shown itself to be historically accurate, corroborated, log- logically consistent truth and message over many years with many authors, uh, personally moving, compelling, life-changing book that has been attacked. Like, you can't go to an Islamic country and attack the Quran. You can't do it, yeah. right? You get put in jail or worse, right? Uh, the Bible has been attacked from within institutions of learning in our own culture and and has stood the Mm. test of time. So these are just simple things, Jesse, about basic Christian things, why we believe in God, why we believe Jesus rose from the dead. He's the Savior we all need, the trustworthiness of Scripture. We need to have those in our tool belt as we interact with people. 
Now, now you, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah. So, so, um, for, for, so, so consider me. Yes. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know how I, I would know. answer that. Yeah. Yeah. How, how much of that do you feel like the, the average Christian should be prepared to give an answer for? I think because you, you're a little bit of a ninja. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like this stuff. Yeah. Yes. And and here's the thing. I don't expect everyone to geek out on stuff like me and Noah were doing last night. Our friend Noah at at your birthday. I saw party. you guys. Happy, he, he's happy. like, start. We're talking about Thomism and like, what are you? What are you guys doing over there? Yeah, we're doing our thing. <laughs> you don't have to be like that. But look, let's not have this terribly low bar. Yeah. That we don't even know our faith well enough to talk about it with people. That yeah. that's a problem. It's not like oh yeah. I remember when I was gonna t- years ago. I was gonna say told some guys in in a ministry, sports ministry, that I was gonna do worldview and apologetics with football players, and they're like, well, you can't do that. Like, why can't you do that? Because that's what like intellectual stuff. You know, they just need mm. practical stuff. I'm like, you're the problem, right? You you're the problem. You're you're one. You're selling these men short. And what they're capable of. Two, um, if we don't do this, who does? Yeah. And, and we're yeah. not going to be ready, man. We're not. We're not preparing for the football games. Know what it means? They're smart guys. They watch film. They prepare for a certain offense. They, man, they're they're all in. Yeah. Why should? And we, why why not be all in on this? Why shouldn't yeah. we be Jesus Christ is Lord? It's a pretty big thing to believe. Yeah. Um. So you don't you don't need to be a ninja expert, but man, you so can you read might a not short need, book. You, you, you can might watch not need some to YouTube know, videos. Know about Texas Receptus, but you might be able to say, "That's interesting. What what are you what are what, you talking what about? Where what are your sources for that? saying that? Why do you That's say right. that there's been a lot of different? Let why do you look think at Constantine wrote you. New Testament? Yeah. yeah. Why do you think yeah. that? And and then guess what, guys? Here's the thing: if your friend has a genuine question about you know the Council of Nicaea and the formation of the New yeah. Testament, if they have a genuine question about that, shouldn't you care about that? Yeah. Uh, and I and and we will give you some resources here on this podcast Good. of websites and people you can go to that that have articles written on that stuff, right? That you can go read things or watch a video. Yeah, I remember I asked um, a bunch of questions as a as a teenager. And I got Josh McDowell's um, somebody gave me or- evidence that demands a verdict. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was freaking great. Yeah, it helped right. me That's a right. ton. That's right. And, and there was a there was the person who gave it to me. There was a sort of end point to what they could, you know. I'm peppering with questions. That's right. I can go this far, and they could go this far, and then and then their answer was read this and then let's talk. That's and right. honestly, it did help me a lot. I was That's like, because right. you know, Josh McDowell's. A lot of yeah. the stuff you're talking about, I'm like, yeah, why would Jesus appear to women? Yeah, in yeah, the first yeah. century, not not, yeah. not, I'm not you know, in, 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 that, a, in a culture yeah, where a woman's yeah. testimony is not wasn't valued, was was not valued, yeah. and, and why you know, would they make that up? It would hurt what wh- they're trying to say if they were cooking it up. Probably right. they said it because it was true. Well, why would they write stories where they look so bad? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's why right. would they die for someone who was dead? Yeah, that's right. And if, if they knew it, if, if they cook, knew cooking it. the books if on it, the stories. So I get it. If you're like making a bunch of money, but that's right. That's at right. some point, wouldn't you just go, okay, 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 okay? Yeah, he's and, he, yeah, and, he's not alive. And look, there's levels, right? They, there, you can go as deep as you want with Christianity. Yeah. It's a, it's unbelievable. Some yep. of the m- unbelievable thinkers throughout history have been been solid Christians, right? They were care deeply about God. Um, and there's there's places to start. There's a website. I love Greg Kokel's ministry, Stand to Reason. 
He's okay. out in California, right? He he does a good job with the answering questions. You know, I don't agree with all his theology, but William Lane Craig is a deep philosophical, he a PhD in theology and philosophy. Um, you know, the, there's 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 websites like Mama Bear Apologetics that's that's for moms, right? Uh, women helping women equip their kids' questions, right? Uh, Alyssa Childers, who's a, a, mm-hmm. a female apologist, Amy Orr Ewing, who's got some of the best stuff on defending the Bible. Uh, she's out of Oxford, right? There's all kinds of uh, things. We'll put all this in the show notes there, guys, for you and today. So not only Christ- basic Christian things, um, but also uh, there are contemporary cultural questions and issues that arise that are different, right, uh, for people, say, if you're a believer in Malaysia today or Japan or Virginia or uh, Latin America or, you know, New York City, San Francisco, right? There are certain cultural things that um bang against right Christian mm. faith. Now there's a there's a gentleman named David Mahan. Uh Dave has a PhD, I think, in like literary stuff, English or something like that. But there's a group of guys, I think they're still operating, called the Rivendell Institute for Christian Thought and Learning at Yale. A uh, bunch of guys, PhDs in philosophies, history, you know, uh, English that are kind of engaging at an intellectual level. And Dave had a really good lecture I heard years ago about having cultural fault lines. And this is something, this will be in one of my new curriculums, Jesse, that we're writing um, as we think about interacting with people in culture. These fault lines, I think we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast before, but he said in every cultural moment, every place on the earth, there's certain things about the truth of the gospel that uh, create fault lines with other religious beliefs, philosophical beliefs, uh, love commitments in a culture that make earthquakes, right? So, for instance, if you think about what is the authority of a person's life in Western culture, our culture today, I don't know, listen to the voice inside or me, you know, or my favorite politicians. Well, when we say God is an authority, his word is the authority over us, well, we can expect earthquakes. If we say freedom, right? People love freedom, you know, people love freedom today. Um, What does it mean for us to be yoked to God and be like what the Bible says, a slave to righteousness? Mm. What does that mean? Uh, the future. How do people perceive the future? Climate disaster, cold heat, death of the universe, uh, straining through an infinite nothing. Uh, what do we think about the future? Our, fu- our future uh, vision isn't just d- dark, robotic, AI, chaos, d- environmental destruction. It's the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the right judgment of God of evil, right? How does that interact with cultural views of identity in the self? What, how does someone today that's been told they're good a hundred times and that they can reinvent themselves and whoever they want to be internally, they're my truest self, whatever the heck that means, uh, when they hear man is sinful and separated mm. from God, right? Uh, and that the wrath of God is being poured out against evil and wickedness, and that might include us. Uh, how does that uh, interact with this view of identity in the self or even the very concept of truth? Right. Uh, from the from the time of Jesus life himself, when he said, you know, when Pilate asks him, what is truth? Right. Roman powerful emperor asked that question. Certainly today, the idea that there is no real truth for all people or anything like that, or we can't even know the skepticism of our society, which is going to be, uh, in my view, the fractured downfall of Western civilization is this idea that there's no truth, no reality, mm. nothing outside the individual's opinions. Uh, that will wreck us in disinformation, and, and eventually that ends up with us fighting each other for what we say is true without any appeal to a higher morality or authority. It's a good or, thing we've got a good yeah. vision of the future, though. That's right. That's yeah. right. So you don't have to, 
you know, be hoarding your canned goods and getting your guns as a, I'm a Christian. I'm going to shoot everybody when, when there's a civil war, like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not the first move. Maybe when the savages from Mad Max break into your house. You yeah. Know, I mean, you're not saying I can't beat do them down. No. Yeah. I'll I don't have to get, get, I don't have to get rid of my get cans your, and guns. Get your guns and I'll come over to your house. You come to my house. I'll cook yeah. on the, I'll cook on the, we'll, we'll cook with wood. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So today there are cultural questions, right? That are fault lines. And there are certain issues that if you're talking to people who are really not, you know, involved with Christianity at all, they will be asking about these things. Why is the church so political? Mm. Isn't it just a, ca- a captive political arm of the right or the left, right? Uh, sex and gender. Why do you care about people, mm. what, who people love? It's just sex. Don't you understand the new science? You might say, you don't understand the new science of gender, Jesse. And you're talking about this male-female stuff. Well, it's more complex than that. And we now know this because the new science of gender, which is a study of what people say about their inner internal mm. psychological life more than anything. It's not a new science of gender. Uh, racism and Christianity. If, you're, if you may be asked, hey, uh, Christianity is white man religion. Right, this is very common. Say, if you're, you know, my friends who are ministering in the urban context, mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 book Eric Mason edited, Urban Apologetics. Right. Well, they would say, well, Christianity is ancient and African. Yeah. Right. Some of the most ancient churches are in Africa, uh, and tradition holds India, places like that. Uh, what about American Christianity? What about slaveholder religion? What about abolition? Who? How do we make sense of all that? Various challenges of various cults from white supremacy groups in the name of Christ to mm. Hebrew Israelites, five percenters, nation of Islam, uh, folks that are uh, racist, right? How do we, how do we, what do we do? How do we answer that? You will be asked. Um, environmental concerns. There's a, there is a view. I was in university setting. I, I was asked this multiple times. Well, don't you think the Christian's view of the environment caused like the industrial rape of the environment? Well, what are the Christian resources for ecological mm. care, creation care, and stewardship? In fact, Christianity actually gives us the resources to say that human beings should actually be more responsible yeah. than the crickets and the alligators, right, for the created world, mm. right? There is an actual stewardship given to us in the Bible, right, that doesn't exist if we're just evolved goo, right? We're like, hey, well, what if I like... You know, I want to have like a jet plane. Why can't I have a jet plane? Yeah. In, in the you know, we are, we are just creation anyway. There, we're nothing special. Yeah, right? we're just space dust. We're just space dust, like they're space yeah. dust. So, what if an animal goes extinct? Well, Christians have a different view mm. because God placed humanity as vice regents, co rulers with Him to care for creation and develop it, and use it for good, not for our destruction, and mm. then. Final issue, just to contemporary things. What about other interstellar planetary beings, right? Aliens. I'm not joking. People ask me about aliens all the time. Uh, Artificial intelligence. What does a Christian think about that? Um, What does that say for what we are? If we develop, you know, simulating machines that simulate thinking, what do we, what do we think about that? And so I know guys hearing all that may make you think, oh, that's a lot. I guarantee you there are people writing, creating videos today about all of that. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to know it all. None of us do. We don't know everything. You can't know everything. But if we have humble relationships with people that we're sharing our life and sharing the gospel with, and they're asking us questions, there are good answers out there for us and them. And we have to be willing Mm -hmm. to seek them out and share 
with others. And you know what will happen, Jesse? I don't know if this is you've experienced this or seen this in the young people that you train, is that when people grow and seeing, wow, there's really good reasons and good answers out there, there's a, sol- a solidification and confidence building uh, that knowing uh, the gospel well and being able to give a good answer gives to the, own, the, the Christian themselves. And I found, I found that um, a lot of times not even... So I, I'm not an apologetics ninja like you, but, <laughs> but ha- having, being able to offer uh, my reasons for the faith that I have yeah. um, in a reasonable way... Yeah. Uh, I have found that, or if if you if people out if you're listening out there and you object to the term reason in a thoughtful way, right? yes, yeah, yeah, in a reflective way, <laughs> I I have found that you mentioned uh, plausibility structures mm-hmm. in the last podcast, I think, um, and I've found that generally, the people that know me, there's there's a there they find it, that are that are atheists or or agnostic. There's a tension. Uh, I don't think you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. But because you've demonstrated in other areas, you're not stupid. Yeah. But this thing, this belief you have, feels to me like it's unreasonable. It's yes. it's stupid. It's you yes. know. And so for me to be able to say, well, no, actually, it's reasonable, yeah. or you know, there's evidence that you should at least consider. Yes. For yeah. them, a lot of times, it, it I, I don't it, that may not convince. Like, oh yeah, that you got me. I I also believe in the resurrection now. That's right. But it, but there is a sense in which it's like, uh, huh, huh. I never thought about that. I don't have a place to put you. I'm not sure what that is yeah. now. And and that now the the whether it's removing um barriers or building structures that yeah. that uh where the resurrection actually does it would make make sense. It could be potentially make sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there there's a sense and we said this often living in New Jersey, which I know we were 1.6% in our county would kind of be Bible believing type folks where we were living. And we said this all the time with each other as friends is that we want to create cognitive dissonance in folks who think certain things about Christian faith. Oh, Christians are this, this, and that. We want to be a contrary narrative yeah. to that. Um, Christians are dumb or Christians are bigots or Christians hate people. I mean, this is, I think, very important where we're interacting with, you know, the the surge in sexualities and gender identities and things where people assume, right, that you're just not going to like them or something. But when you welcome a homosexual person into your life and you care about mm-hmm. them without changing your beliefs about it for, for whatever, um, they are like, well, I thought, I thought Christians are supposed to hate people like yeah. me, but golly, they don't, I know he doesn't hate me. Mm-hmm. And, but yet he's got to do. And, and for us, um, we're going to talk about this actually in the fall when we get into our gender yeah. um, gender ideology series we're going to do here, Jesse. The, the way we go about rhetorically, way, the way we want to persuade someone who's maybe in a certain lifestyle or we want to interact with them and, and, and love them is very important because we want to invite them to consider a different whole framework to, to a way of seeing our bodies and their interactions and their purpose and their and their flourishing and their health and their goodness, whereas instead of just their use and abuse, which is kind of the utility way of modern thinking about yeah. these things, that yeah, if we create enough dissonance, they may ask you, well, what do you think about this? And then we'd say, hey, if you really would like to know, there's a little bit of context and story yeah. to this. It's not just do this, don't do this. It's like, what are we, who we are? What is the reason for this and how does it work? And what is it designed for? How do we flourish? 
in these things. And so we want to create that opportunity. And, and I think the byproduct too is loving God with our mind uh, and having a confidence that grows in our faith. And when you're confident, you're more likely to talk to people uh, about Christ because you're not ashamed of it or you're not feeling like, oh, I don't know what I will say or or and look, it's okay to not know stuff, right? Like I, I don't know. I say that all the time. I like, what do you think about that? I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. Let's think about that together. Mm. Um, and then, of course, you have to be willing to do some diligence to seek out some uh, friends or resources that you might equip be equipped uh, in thinking through. I remember in New Jersey we had something um, called the JWAC, the Jacobs Well Apologetics Club we did for a couple of years, Jesse. And one of the first gatherings we had, we just said, well, what are, what are our questions mm. about faith? And I still have a picture of the whiteboard of that very evening. Cause I was really into getting a good whiteboard when we got our building. So we got this massive wall size porcelain whiteboard thing. Um, even the picture cuts it in half. I think it's half of it on the right hand side where we were asking these questions. Well, I'm looking at it. It's yeah. beautiful because yeah. there's no, you know, when you get the budget ones and, and the, it, it, the remnant of the last dry erase marker is still on there and it builds up and then eventually can't read anything. And it just tra- it this gets one, trash. This with that nice. or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. The porcelain ones, man, and you can mm-hmm. you can just spray them down and clean mm-hmm. them fully, and mm-hmm. it's brand new. And so you can stick magnets on them too. It's kind of nice. You got aliens on here. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah. at it. Yeah. So we, which God? What? What about the Old Testament? What about is the Bible allegorical? Aliens? Jesus being the way? What about suffering and evil? How do we evaluate religious experiential truth claims? What? Is, what should be in the Bible? What if somebody says that's just that's true for you, but it's not true for me? Uh, what about science, scientific theories? What about karma, reincarnation? Uh, these are just things uh, that we just scribble down. And, and you know what we did, Jesse? It's like, hey, let's, we'll talk about these things. Yep. And, yep. and as a club, we did that. And we had different people present on them and do and go go out and do some stuff and read, interact. And, and we had Christians and non-Christians there. It was super fun. And we watched some movies together and did some interactions around films and ideas. Um, and we all grew. Yeah. And uh, and and we were able to confront some friends with uh, with some things that they weren't hearing anywhere else, and mm. that, my friends, is the purpose of Asodar. So we want why live amongst non Christians makes mission and witness possible. Uh, if you share your life authentically, you actually will be able to love God, love our neighbors. We share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesse, because we're Christians. Listen well, right? Help people turn their baggage into luggage on the journey to Christ. Give good answer. Mm-hmm. And the R of Asadar is repeat. And we will finish with a summary episode yep. with our next episode about living steady state lives in the intersection of our homes, the Love church, it. and the city. Jesse, thanks for being with me. Thanks for being a co-sponsor of produ- production of the Gospel Underground with the Bonhoeffer House. Review us on the Spotify, the Amazons, the Google Musics, the iTunes, five stars. Please review us. We'd like that. Mm. No review us. Drop us a couple sentences. Send your comments, feedback, questions that you'd like for us to take up here at info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands, giving good answers, GNR, good reasons out there between the church and culture. Hope to see you. Peace. Peace.